Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dandy Francesco. I'm the deputy editor of Cellside Technology. And on this snowy blizzard day, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the U.S. editor of Waters Technology, Anthony Malikian. I think I deserve an award for uh, coming in on a snow day. Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention you already did win an award. I did. Yeah. I'm sitting in in the presence of greatness. Yeah. Anthony was uh, what was it? Honorable uh, mention or honorable, uh, highly commended uh, U.S. Employee of the Year. A category so that Barbara was all- Feynman beat me out on this, and that you know I. I Shout out to subs yeah. if you're a subscriber. Good job, you know subs. Yeah, if you know Barbara, you know, and you know they do make the money and everything like that. So I understand. I understand. But I, I, I told Dan, I go, listen, if you just make your own hours, dress however you want, and curse like a sailor, you know, good things will happen to you eventually. You too, you <laughs> too can win awards you too like can this. Win awards. Yeah, uh, both Anthony and I were nominated for the award, but I was not highly commendable. I was nothing. I, I was quit trash. If you would have won. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do give credit though to Anthony. He came in today. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday, Thursday afternoon. If you live in New York or the you know the the Northeast, you're being hit by this blizzard as well. And uh, you know we both made it in here for you, the listener, because we know how important this podcast is to you, and we want to make sure it's it's great quality and. We want to bring it to you strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're both here. We're recording. And uh, I think to start, Anthony was so Anthony was on holiday basically since we last recorded the podcast. So he's kind of been out of the loop. Um, and uh, so I figured I would kind of take the lead on this. And um, since I'm selfish, I want to talk about a story that I wrote. And I want to write about my, talk about my column that I wrote on Wednesday, which was about a phishing attack against me that I almost fell for because I'm an idiot. Uh, so 30,000 foot view will Tarantino it. Basically I got a phishing email and I almost clicked on the link. What happened was I was out of town this weekend. I was in Chicago for the Super Bowl. I was at one of my uh, best friend's houses, apartments, uh, with him and his fiance, um, to watch the Super Bowl. Came back Monday and, uh, you know, obviously not maybe the sharpest of minds, Mm-hmm. traveling because you know was celebrating the super bowl even though i'm a jets fan we'll talk about that later uh and uh get off the plane check my emails and i have an email from uh well i can read it to you because it's pretty short it's a subject new sign in from chrome on mac i use chrome and i have a mac i'm like okay several attempts to log in log to your account id dandy francesco at incisivemedia.com with incorrect login details was blocked you are, receiving, you are receiving this email as you are subscribed to Office 365. To keep your account secure, it is important you validate your ID and then hyperlink. We may temporarily lim- limit your account if you fail to act. Outlook team, Outlook 365. So if you're in this business, especially if you're on the cybersecurity side, there's probably a bunch of red flags that jump out about that email. But in my uh, probably still intoxicated state, my fuzz of my brain, I'm like, oh, I need to validate my information. And I came very, very close to clicking on the uh, validate the hyperlink. Uh, then I kind of took pause. I checked the who it sent from, and it turned out that it was a phishing scam, which was verified by a bunch of my colleagues that had the same email sent to them. Uh, but it kind of made me uh, realize that you know, for so long I've been I've been at Waters two and a half years now. I've seen I don't know how many cybersecurity you know sermons, speeches, whatnot. And every time I hear about the social engineering aspect of cybersecurity, I kind of take it for granted. I make fun of those people. I think, how dumb could you be to fall for some of these phishing scams? And 
apparently not that dumb. Well, I'm, I mean, I am pretty you dumb. You are pretty dumb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it is pretty easy to fall for him. So that was uh, that was my experience with it. I guess, you know, have you – well, did you get this email, Anthony? I didn't see it. Uh, so does it make me a bad boss that I kind of just want to go back to your desk and just click on see what happens, you know? <laughs> like we wipe out our whole network and everything like that. Like, well, Waters, this podcast has never yeah. heard. Water yeah. just goes down. It would be interesting, you know, destroyed. to see what happens. Um, no, never seen – I mean, it, it's – it is funny. So when I was going through the um, natural language processing story um, with the emails that that these companies can great use using um, really sophisticated um, uh, forms and stuff like that, that really look official uh, for these phishing scams. I mean, we hear about it all the time and, you know, it, it's it works pretty well. Um, you know, I was talking with a CISO um, recently. And his wife got caught in a phishing scam. Um, really? And he's like, you know, honey, I kind of run. Uh, <laughs> ahead, uh, I'm heading up uh, cybersecurity for a uh, big bank here. I can't uh, have you going. And, Not uh, a good look. Yeah, you know, you got to do better than that. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's going to happen, everybody. And it's only going to get worse because they're only improving. Like, you look at, um, I was talking with another CISO, actually. It's gonna, he's actually going to be on our cover. Um cover. Uh, he's not CISO now. He's uh, just uh, head of uh, J.P. Morgan's corporate investment bank, Anthony Johnson. But he was talking about uh, how, like, ransomware, like, the the sophistication and tools that, you know, hackers are using for ransomware and stuff like that. I mean, they shut down. Told me a great story. We're going a little bit off from phishing, but... Sorry, let's go. Let's let's journey. Uh, we'll have to look up this story, but he's telling me a story about... Uh, it's like a boutique hotel. Mm-hmm. And hackers went in and locked all the doors so people couldn't get into their rooms. So okay. you could open the door, obviously, get out, but you couldn't get into the room. Right. And they didn't have keys or anything like that okay. for the doors. So they had to pay the hackers the money to get all the doors unlocked. Then they had to replace the doors with key doors where you could actually use a physical key to get in. They forced the actual boutique hotel to... to well, they just to prevent it from happening again. They right. were like, yeah, let's go through that. Uh, he's telling me that one. He was telling me about a sheriff's town, uh, a, a sheriff um, department in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Had their whole thing shut down, ransomware. I'm not sure if they paid or not, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting because you think hackers are going to focus on the B of A's, the JP Morgans, the big Goliaths, and they are going after them too. Sure, <laughs> but it's also like, yeah, you know, we can make a quick, I don't know, yeah. fifty grand, whatever, yeah. off this little boutique hotel because what are they going to do? Their hands are tied, and it's easier for them to just pay us than for them to go through the, you know. Yeah, and then that brings up the whole point of cyber insurance and how that's going to be a big market in the years to come. Um, it's already really grown exponentially, but it's going to only grow more um, over the years. But it's, it, I think the general population, they hear phishing attacks and they think of, and I mentioned this in, in my column, the Nigerian prince yeah. or the, you know, the friend who is in, you know, uh, Thailand that ran out of money and needs and needs help. You know, that's kind of what you think of. And, oh, those are pretty easy to detect. But the fact of the matter is that these are, like you said, they're getting better and better. I've heard of uh, hackers acting like lawyers for firms and saying, oh, you need to look at this document and it's an attachment. And you think, well, of course I'm going to click. And you click it and it opens up and then you're screwed. Or um, I saw, I remember and That's the thing. A lot of times you don't know you're screwed. That, right. that just opened the door, the sure. gateway, and you're just like, oh, okay, nothing happened, cool, whatever, no big deal. Right, that's And little do you know that they now actually are inside your computer. Right. I heard another great one about a um, – about it was a guy – it was a president or whatever, a C-level guy who he got an email from a hacker talking about his daughter's or his, his child's school being closed the night before. 
So, I mean, what do you, you think? Yeah, of course. And it was something like with the, the different bell schedule or a notice from the principal about that, yeah. you know, and gets hacked that way. Uh, I will say this. You'll, I think you'll like this. The email came. The, I'm not going to say the firm of the the firm that sent the email to me, the Outlook, the phishing scam, because it seems it appears that they got hacked. And I feel bad for them, whatever. I'm not going to put them on blast. But it was not a firm we deal with. It was a PR company, <laughs> which makes it hilarious because you search them. And I think they've been screwed pretty bad because you can't even click on their website or whatever. It seems it's pretty it's pretty terrible. It's funny it's that pretty a PR firm is going to get hit up that hard. <laughs> well, it's hilarious because you click on it and like the Google search, you know, how there's a little subhead of what it is. Yeah. It's like this firm will change your life. We'll, we'll you know, we will we will take you to the top. And it's like, will you or will you just get me fished and get yeah. me hacked? Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, you know, for so long I had always been, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, we listen. I think there's a lot of value to a lot of the cybersecurity things. Uh, it's a lot of cybersecurity speeches that you hear that are put on. But I always think with phishing, you know, they always say social engineering is the biggest, the, the, the toughest thing to overcome. You know, it doesn't matter how strong our firewalls are. If we can't stop the people from opening up the doors, there's nothing we can do. Yep. And to your point, it's not going to get, it's not going to get any simpler. It's only going to get better and more complex. And there's, this is a, this is a, a, a um, this is a hole that there's no band-aid that can stop at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. would you disagree? No. Yeah, that's it's it is what it is and you know, you, you're always per, in technology, the CISOs are always playing a game of catch up. So so much of that job is just about education and putting in uh, creating kind of a cult idea of we're going to have this mantra where we're going to be safe at secure at home, here at work, and then you know try and create um, just uh, this, you know, kind of like a soul cycle thing like where you just brainwashed and you know this is what i do sorry for your soul cycle now we're getting all yeah, the exactly. soul cycle people yeah. are gonna start eating i saw the wheels were turning your head like yeah. oh crap yeah, now crap. soul cycle is gonna soul come after um so yeah uh it, it's not gonna get any better it's only gonna get much worse ransomware is only going to you know increase when you look at the russian hacking on election um to disrupt the u.s election um that's only going to increase and not just here in other countries um and then the attack on Din, um, who that's basically attacking the fabric of the internet right there. And what happens when, yeah, what we're seeing with these are just ransomware and stuff like that, trying to get some money, whatever. What happens when people just want to destroy the internet just because they just want to watch the world burn? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the scary thing is it's not, you know, I think a lot of people look at the view of hackers as, oh, what's the what's the motive? What is it to get money or power? Or what What's the a lot of these people are just crazy. Like, they just are crazy. They're out of their minds. And like you said, they just want to see the world burn. This, this is, these are the Tyler Durdens of the world. These mm -hmm. are the let's burn it all to the ground and just have anarchy Start and see zero. what happens. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're a fan of, uh, of Mr. Robot, which I've suggested everybody watch, then you understand how crazy that world could, could potentially be. Uh, let's switch gears uh, quick, real quick I want to talk about so I wrote a story um, Chart IQ joined Fidesz's partnership program you can read about it not really going to talk too much about that but spoke to Dan um, Schleifler the CEO and co-founder of Chart IQ and uh, talking at the end he talks about how partnerships like this are it's kind of an overall trend we're seeing in the industry and this also kind of gets on the back of a story that you wrote Anthony about FactSet and uh, narrative science and using their NLG um, but the quote he used is, uh, uh, he said, Fidesa has the workflow, they have the clients, and we have innovation. This concept of fintech as a disruptor, no one is disrupting a big sell-side bank through some app. But fintech as an enabler and as a way to partner is really powerful. This is a good example of it. And I think it's a very interesting and a true point. Um, 
you're not going to have the little fintech startup that's going to come out and completely disrupt the way a big bank does things. It's 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 not going to work like that. I think. Let's squish your blockchain. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I just saw something. I saw a, a PR release that said quoted said that uh, Ethereum is now valued at a billion dollars. It's a lot of money. It's all that funny money block Bitcoin stuff. Like yeah, that, but it's whatever. all Bitcoin, so it doesn't or matter. Is it in Ethereum <laughs> like an actual currency? Um. So I. Uh, but I think it's an interesting point because, you know, with the FAXA and the Narrative Science part Partnership, too, we're seeing a lot of these established big tech vendors that aren't as agile maybe as the smaller fintechs, but the fintechs don't have that, um, that, that mass adoption. And it's kind of a way for the two of them to combine to disrupt things. Yeah, you, you're making I guess, a face. No, I, I agree. Um, I think that what there are two ways. One, you buy the firms, and we've seen plenty of acquisitions sure. over the last few years, um, where if you're going to specifically try and create a new product. But um, when you have these smart little companies, Chart IQ, I've, I've always respected, and I've always heard good things about you know their, their offering, um, narrative science as well. Um, they have a very specific product that they can help you out with, and so you can go and try and build that on your own. Why would you? Um, now what we're seeing with AI and with the adoption, with greater adoption of cloud, basically you have to be using cloud now. Um, as we're seeing firms go down that path, you're gonna see more of these partnerships. Um, Narrative Science, I know like when I was talking with them, they said that we're gonna have uh, several more partnerships to come this year. Um, so it's, you can keep on buying, you can grow through acquisitions. It does though seem like the we're going to try and keep on building out on our own. That isn't as in favor um, as some others. Now, you have a company like uh, Smart Company Trading Technologies. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember the guy's name, but they hired basically one of Chart IQ's guys to help build out charts into their product. So there, that, that still does sure, happen. That's still no a, doubt. a route you can take. Um, but as firms are, as you have these kind of new kinds of technologies that can make your offering more clever, more streamlined, more easy to use, add more functionality, you know, why keep on going through the, the merger stuff? You know, let's not tell SSNC that, I guess. But uh, <laughs> why, why uh, you know, why not, you know, just go down and just pick out, figure out ways to integrate these smart little companies um offerings into our platform to create a better user experience it makes sense it's something that's obviously always been there there's, there's no doubt about that um last year was a, a big year of mergers last two years seems like have been big years of mergers a lot of consolidation usually when that happens you have a series of consolidation then a series of expansion so maybe we're maybe this is a sign that you know 2017 we'll see more partnerships and pairings rather than just straight up acquisition and let's call a spade a spade i think this is also a direct shot at on bundling, you know, I mean, uh, and trying to, I mean, he talks about it, right? Dan talks about it here in, in the story, but how the goal of this too is for Fidesa to get more screen real estate, to get more people yeah. to, to buy in and kind of say, okay, you can get this. Whereas instead of going with a Bloomberg or an icon, you can get all of your stuff through Fidesa and, and our workflow. Yeah. So a lot of these partnerships is we do something really well. We have other people that do something really well. We can kind of create this a la carte partnership program where you can kind of pick a and symphony. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I had a little something in my throat there. Yeah. Exactly. You can kind of create this this environment where it's not just buying into this massive conglomerate. And I think that's what uh, that's a trend we're seeing across the board. How successful it is, you know, kind of remains to be seen because 
Bloomberg is still Bloomberg and TR is, yeah. is still TR and they still have a, a massive market share. But I think it's it's an interesting trend that's continuing to pick up uh, speed. Yeah, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see what, what by, when we do our podcast at the very end of 2017, you know, what what is one out? Was it more partnerships and pairings, big partnership pairings? Was it more acquisition, you know, or is it just roll, rolling out new products? Yeah. All right. So we got to talk about it. Your yeah. boys, Super Bowl winner. Oh, I turned off the game. I didn't realize. Day one? Awesome. <laughs> well, first question, and please do not lie to me. Yes. Because I've listened to a lot of podcasts about the Super Bowl. Yeah. A certain sports guy from Boston yeah. claimed he never lost faith. Oh, he, I, I, figured, I thought it was over. 21 to nothing, I thought it was over. 28 to 3, I was like, this is definitely over. Right. Um, so after the, the pick six... Um, basically, I was like, okay, this is, it was right before the half, you know, we had it, you know, and then boom, it's over. It's, it, this game's done. Um, I, we didn't turn it off, but I, we just, we were just kind of sitting around just talking and chatting sure. and having fun. Like, I was just hoping for Brady to rack up some stats, have an Aaron Rodgers game, basically, where you lose, but then by the end of the game, your numbers look pretty decent. So that years later, when people look back, like, oh, those aren't such bad numbers. Right. And make Brady look good. Yes, that's right. The Aaron Rodgers games because he's way overrated. Um, so <laughs> I can't say anything. I mean, the guy won the Super Bowl. I, I can't. There's, there's nothing. Um, there's no retort to anything you have to say now. So yeah, I, whether you're a Patriots fan or an, only Atlanta fans are, <laughs> um, probably really bummed out. Uh, one of my good good friends, uh, the J Man, Jory Marvelous. Uh, he is a diehard, lifelong Falcons fan. Oh my God. That was it was brutal. Like he still hasn't been able to talk to me about it. Like, I would stop watching sports, and I'm not saying that hyperbole. I would have to stop watching sports. Well, I do. Well, 2000, well, the 2007, 2008 Super Bowl um, with the Patriots and the Giants, I did not watch any sports. It took me well into the baseball season to actually turn on sport. Like I like normally like you know you'll click on Sports Center or MLB Night or something like that. I didn't. I just disconnected from all sports. So, yeah. If you're and those were fans. close games. Like, yeah. you guys, I mean, you guys, sorry. The Falcons. Thank you. I, I worked so hard to win this. The, 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 the Falcons were up. It was 25 points. It was 25 points yeah. that the Falcons were up. They, I, I saw a Dix in Atlanta had put the hats out and the shirts out and were selling them because they thought it was over. I mean, it was signed, sealed, delivered. Falcons are going to win. It's, it's over. Even to, even so, whatever, the Pats make this comeback. And I'll be interested in your, your take. Well, first, let me ask you this. When did you think, okay, now this is possible? When they got within the two scores, you start thinking, because it it's not just two scores, two scores and two two-point right. conversions. So in many ways, it's four scores and seven years ago. Um, <laughs> so once they got that, it was like, okay, if they can get a stop here, it'll make it interesting. I, I still didn't have faith, because again, a field goal ends this thing. Right. So once they got that stop and got the ball back, and go down and score another touchdown and then two-point conversion. Then you're like, okay, now it's on. And then, of course, it was like, okay, let's have Julio Jones go and just break your back right now with that insane catch. Incredible. Um, and a catch then, that will now go down just like the Andy Chavez catch in yeah. uh, the NLCS years ago, just like um, the North Carolina uh, basketball player that hit the the running three. All uh, these no, plays, you game, know, yeah. all these plays that are fantastic that mean nothing because mean they nothing. were on the losing side. And uh, – you know, it's just it's really funny because like you figure it's over there and then obviously everybody on sports talks has been debating about, you know, do you run it there and everything like that. 
you know, just you don't do what Kyle Shanahan did, though. <laughs> well, you don't do what Matt, Matt Ryan deserves to blame on that. You can't take a sack. He was had the ball for forever. He, that's why are you why, throwing it? Why are you throwing it three he, times up the gut? I like the aggressiveness. I have no problem with that. Because, again, if it goes three times up the gut, but in a big situation, you go the field goal kicker launches it 10 yards left, which, you know, isn't unheard of in football, um, even though Bryant is fantastic. I'm for we are a we've made it here through our passing game. We're going to keep on doing that. I'm okay with that. You just can't take a sack here. That was that was the worst part. And also, as much credit as Brady deserves, and obviously James White, the defense of the Patriots, they didn't give up that many points. They had the pick six that went against them, and then the, the strip gave Atlanta a short field that allowed them to score. That defense was just phenomenal against a great, great offense. I mean, what was it? Ninety-three plays for the Patriots to only forty. Time of possession was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like forty, 40 minutes to 20. twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it's one of those games that, as long as you're a sports fan, you'll never forget watching that. That was just absolutely out of control. Good. Was there any doubt in your mind once they tied it that they were going to win going into overtime, even before the coin toss? Or did you think this is over? The Falcons once it, once they once they got to two, I what I figured was when they I think they got the ball to what the ninety one yard or they had to go ninety one yards on that last right. drive. I knew for sure they were going to score a touchdown, and I knew for sure that they were going to then miss the two point conversion <laughs> and just really kill like all that comeback and everything right. like that. So once they got it in, you know, in you had to feel like all the, the life was sucked out of Atlanta. Right. Even if Atlanta would have gotten the ball first, you know, it's hard to think that they were going to be able to re- regroup. Because remember, Dan, also, Super Bowls never go to overtime. <laughs> they never do. Yeah, okay. thanks a lot. I really want to shout out. Uh, Tony texted me during the game. If you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about prop bets. And I, said, I guaranteed oh. that, uh, that there would not be an overtime. I said, oh, overtime, that's an interesting bet. I think it was plus 800 or plus 700. That's, sucker's what you, bet. What do you think about that? Ah, oh, sucker's bet, Dan. Sucker's bet. Good teams never go to overtime. Super Bowl never goes to overtime. That's yep. a sucker's bet. So, Bad. Sunday, I'm looking at the prop bets. I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? Tony made some good points. I'm not going to bet it. And uh, sure enough, game goes to overtime. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Like I said, I was, I was totally correct about the presidential election. I was totally yeah, correct. You're about spot on I, with, I'm just, with everything. When I say something, just take it to the bank. I will say this: I was getting catch, I caught some heat about, oh, why are you rooting for the Pats? You're a Jets fan. I bet on the Pats. I made money off the Pats, and I will continue to bet off the Pats if they make money for me. I don't care. I don't think when it comes to money, money is more important than fan loyalty. And anybody that says different is an idiot. Okay. I never received a check from the New England Patriots sh- to be a Patriots Woody, fan. Woody know? Johnson hasn't done shit for me, okay? He's done nothing for me. All he's done is break my heart and put put out an awful product on the field for the majority of my life. Yeah. I don't owe him a goddamn thing, and I'll continue to bet on Pats. You know why also? Because it's the best of both worlds. Because if I win, if they win, then I win money. And if they lose, then, then I'm happy because the Pats lose. The so it's awesome. Yeah. So, it's, so it's the best of both worlds. Uh, real quick, I saw on your uh, your Facebook you had a hot take. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a hot take, but uh, Lady Gaga. Yes. What did you think of the performance? You I seem to second best. It. The best performance of all time is Prince in Prince the, the Rain. I mean, that was just. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, and I just don't think anybody will ever be able to top that. But what a show Lady Gaga put on. It was just all over the place. I like the fact it was just her, none of this other. We're going to have ten different bands and right. all this kind of all over the place. Um, second best Super Bowl uh, halftime performance of my lifetime, anyway. No, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. 
um, the uh, the jump in the beginning, and then the jump at the end, which is called the Super Bowl. It was just like there's a bunch of funny gifts, obviously. Oh god, we're, yeah, we were crying like, like the very the last one where she just jumped off the stage like peace them out. Yeah, because <laughs> like, like again, I didn't think the Patriots were gonna win, so we were just laughing and just making jokes the whole time. Right. Um, and uh, I do got I, I will say, Raleigh. So I was down in Raleigh watching the Super Bowl. Uh, my dad and uh, one of my best friends was down there, and uh, their brewery scene. If you live or ever go down to Raleigh, like Asheville gets all the credit down there. A little bit of Charlotte gets a lot of credit. Raleigh has some sensational breweries down there. And the best one I went to is, and you're going to like this, LBC. Really? (laughs) We have a – so Dan and I, uh, our local bar here at the office for Incisive Media is a bar called the White Horse Tavern. Not the famed one, the one that's on Bridge Street down in the Financial District. Um, shout out to Tommy Quirk. Don't start uh, going there and looking yeah. for us, all right? It's our yeah. spot. It's our so leave spot. Us leave us alone. Unless you're buying the drinks, and yeah, feel yeah, free. Then it's fine. Um, but we call it. So like when we'll take like some friends out or some like of uh, the other coworkers here, we're like, oh, we're gonna go to a fancy bar. We're gonna go to Le Blanc Cheval, <laughs> you know, White Horse. Which I think you're supposed to say Le Cheval Blanc if uh, you're speaking proper French there. But whatever. So we call it. L- so then we just shortened it from Le Blanc Cheval to LBC. And, well, uh, and then when we try to get out of work yeah. and we say we have a work meeting, we say we're meeting with LBC Capital Management. Well, like, let's say that, um, you know, you have a Champions League game and you have Bayern Munich playing uh, <laughs> Manchester United. We'll say, oh, uh, isn't there that conference at 245 uh, about trade relations between Germany and England? That I think that there might be a technology component there. I think it's being held at LBC uh, Asset Management, right? Liquidity fund right yeah. there. I'd, Heavy, be, uh, I'd be worried about blowing up our spot with our bosses, but then I realized none of our bosses listen to our no, podcast. Listen, not so. this far in. Yeah, it's over. So it's good. not really. Uh, quick funny story about that. The first day of work at Waters, yes. I was here with uh, with Anthony and uh, former colleague Tim Borghese Murray. And, uh, you know, nervous first day. And I get told, by the way, we're going to meet with a um, with uh, some hedge fund guys. So, um, you know, just be ready for that at the end of the day. All right. So, like, whatever. Three o'clock rolls around or four o'clock rolls around. You ready to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm, I'm ready to go. So like, I, I stand in front of the elevator. I'm, I'm unrolling my sleeves. I'm He's asking up. questions about what they do. Yeah. Oh, it's a liquidity uh, fund. Highly liquid uh, highly fund. Liquid fund. Highly cash, liquid fund. Uh, cash only. Yeah. I'm uh, like, oh, okay, all right, interesting. So we're walking, and then uh, I, t- I turn the corner and we're walking down this like kind of a side street. If you know where uh, the White Horse is, it's like on, it's on a side street down in Fidei. And uh, all I see is the one, the sign for the pub. And then we make a right and we walk in. I'm like, wait, we're meeting these guys at a bar? And then I realize, no, we're just going to the bar and just going to BS now. And they're going to tell me about the job because yeah. we're not actually meeting anyone. Yeah. So. Tommy Quirk, the CEO, you know. Uh. <laughs> so LBC, uh, but that's so, okay. So there was a brewery, LBC. That's LBC, cool. fantastic. If you, if you want to go, if, if any of our listeners want a couple recommendations, I'm going to give you eight here. I'm going to throw eight oh, very good ones. Oh, boy. But yeah, LBC is great, and then um, it's Linwood Brewing uh, Concern, which I don't know why they call it Concern. Uh, there's Compass Brewery was very good, uh, Nickel Point, Noose River, Lone Rider, uh, Cloud Brewing, Dirty Bull, and uh, Big Boss Brewing. Those eight were just every single one was just really really good. A lot of good, very strong. I, uh, uh, very good offerings of IPAs down there if, uh, if that's what you like. I actually went to a brewery as well. Uh, when I was in Chicago, I went to Lagunitas. 
So Lagunitas, I guess it's it's it was created by They're people from California, Chicago, right? But it's based in California. Yeah. But they have a massive, massive plant in Chicago. Uh, actually, Did they get bought by. Or were they one of the companies that also got bought by uh, InBev? Because I know Goose Island got uh, purchased. I'm by not them. sure. I don't know okay. who owns them, but they are. Uh, but so they have a massive plant in the South Side. Uh, so be careful. Take an Uber. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so my friend uh, suggested we go there. And really cool when you first, it's first of all, it's, it's, you know, it's a huge facility. Like, and you walk right through the whole warehouse, you see the shipping and everything, you see the tanks, but when you, uh, when you walk through, there's a long hallway and it's got a disco ball. It's all painted blue with like weird stuff. And they're constantly playing, um, uh, from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka, uh, world imagination, you know, come mm-hmm. with me and you'll see, you know, so that was Great really singing. cool. And then, uh, we <laughs> got there and you could take the tour and then go up to their tap room, uh, but you have to wait. It was like an hour wait, or you could just go straight to their cash bar. So yeah. I just went straight cash to bar. the cash bar. Yeah. And uh, it was great. They have they have one beer. My favorite, One of my favorite beers is a little something. Lagunese is a little something. Tastes great. Super high alcohol content. Yeah. What more could you want? Yeah. Like that. Um, but they also had another one that's called Lagunita Sucks, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty good. So I would highly suggest if you live in Chicago and haven't been, uh, definitely check it out. It's worth checking out. If you are visiting Chicago if in the winter, for some reason, you're dumb like me and you do that, uh, definitely go check it out. Yeah, I know that there was like a one, what was it, FIA Chicago was out there and they did that in November. And I was actually going to go out there, but then had to bounce out the last minute. But uh, that always like makes me laugh that like, you know, it's like. Don't hold a conference in Chicago yeah. once it gets you know past September. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, not nice. Very cool. I was actually happy to come back to New York on Monday. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an Anthony. You have anything else to add? Um, no, I think oh. that. Oh, the cell side technology. Yes, yes. yes. I almost oh. forgot one. Oh. So, cell side technology awards. We extended it for uh, one more week. So this coming Monday, there will not be any more extensions. There will not be any more extensions. This is it. Uh, I had one person phone me and say, oh, well, you always extend it. Not anymore after this one extension. Yeah. <laughs> um, 30 <laughs> categories, 28 are open to entry, four new ones, best distributed ledger technology project, best artificial intelligence technology, uh, best use of agile, best alliance or partnership. Hey, you're just talking best about partnerships. Scam. Best phishing scam. That's not one. Send me. You know what? Send me so your best phishing Send me your email. phishing scam. I'll yeah. make you a personal yeah. Dandy Francesco Anthony yeah. Malakian uh, award. But uh, get those nominations in um, by Monday. Again, 30 categories, 28 open to entry. Um, and the event is April 5th following the North American Trading and Architecture Summit um, that night. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Anthony and I will both be there. Uh, but I guess, Anthony, that's it for anything else? I think that's it. That's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, be sure to come back next Thursday. <music>